the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode 448. I'm your host, Paul Spain, and today we have Theo Gibson from the Electric Vehicle Podcast joining us in the studio. Welcome, Theo. Thank you, Paul. Hope you're well. I am, I am. Look, it's uh, it's great to have you back in the studio. Of course, you're in here on a pretty uh, regular basis, yourself and uh, D West as hosts of the uh, the EV Podcast Um we spreading are. the spreading the good uh, uh, messages about electric vehicles. We are, we are, we're here on it. It's a it's a home away from home. It was my my privilege to step in and uh, and be um, hosting uh, hosting last week with you and uh, yeah, thank and, you and, very and much. DOA. I think uh, ne- next week you get back to uh, get back to n- normal. <laughs> That's the plan. Yep. Um, look, lots lots to lots to talk about this week on the uh, on the tech front. And you know, of course, this is uh, this is very much your uh, your world. Having been involved in uh, in tech for far too um, long, far, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's never it can't be too long. And you have your own uh, tech startup. Tell people what your tech startup is is called. Yeah, so my tech startup's called Audiobooks New Zealand. So we're basically a, a audiobook production house based in here in New Zealand, and we've got a fantastic web store where you can go and get. We've got over one hundred and forty thousand audiobooks up there now, and uh, it's coming along nicely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's fun seeing the uh, seeing the progression, the hard work just keeps turning out good things. Yeah, so yeah. that's great. All right, well let's jump in. Um, look, there's always uh, there's always risk when it comes to technology, and we've spent some time in the past talking through uh, woes that Samsung had around uh, batteries and their Note, whatever it was. Was it the oh. seven? Um, Seven or eight around there somewhere. Somewhere, somewhere back in the back in the back <laughs> in the, in the day. Um, <laughs> and of course, Samsung about to uh, ne- next month uh, bringing their their new uh, Note Ten to the market and whatever else that they announce in uh, in New York. But um, you know, down that front, we've we've seen the airlines get um, uh, conservative, uh, cautious. Um, I don't know how quite how you. How you put all the the things that they've done, but I guess it all comes down to trying minimising risk in flight. So for those that don't know, if you go to check in for uh, an international flight, and I think it's pretty much the same with domestic flights these days, uh, your batteries should not go into your luggage that you're checking in, which is a bit confusing because we're used <laughs> to that being the other way around of, hey, no, you've got to check that through. You can't carry that particular thing in on the plane. But mm. batteries are the flip side, which I think has caught quite a few people out. Yep. And I still hear people getting surprised by that. So I'm not sure the, the message is fully there. So if you're carrying a portable battery, you don't check it into your luggage for the reason that, well, maybe it will catch fire and flight. And if it's in the luggage, then um, there's potentially the planes going down. If it happens in the passenger cabin, then it's something that they, they know about, about very quickly. They can hopefully do something about it. And uh, that was news that we heard coming in. A uh, Virgin Atlantic flight uh, made an emergency landing uh, in Boston. It was going from New York to London, and they ended up, it must have been you know, somewhat... Uh, um, you know, early-ish on in the flight, and uh, they were able to sort of you know turn around and uh, went went to Boston, and their uh, their investigation apparently turned up a um, uh, a battery pack. 
um, you know, external phone charger type, you know, portable portable USB charger, basically. Mm. It was uh, that was the culprit. And what does happen from time to time, and they now give these warnings around, look, if you drop your phone down into your seat, uh, ask for help, because if you're moving it around, you might end up crushing it in there, and that can lead to a fire. So yeah. good thing is that we haven't had any, uh, any majors with this stuff to date, and they seem to uh, be able to, you know, generally address it as in uh, as in this case. Well, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me because if you look at um, you know a lot of the battery chargers out there, if you go and buy a knockoff Apple charger from AliExpress, it sometimes is a little bit lighter than your standard Apple charger, and there's not so much circuitry in there to to stop these overloads and things like that, and they tend to wear a bit quicker. So, you know, I had a similar experience with a charger basically overheating and, and melting a cable quite recently in my home office. Yeah. Uh, wow. Really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so you've, actually, you've had the habit, was it smoking or was it the I, smell? I what did, what did you, I, how did you I, know? I, I uh, smelt a burning smell and looked Ooh. down and picked up this cable and it was like, you know, burnt my fingers kind of thing. Ouch. And I was just lucky I was home in time to stop it getting any worse. Wow. Um, <clears throat> but now you can charge, you can plug these charges into your seat, can't you, on, the, on these planes? Yeah, yeah. So people hanging, hanging a, a, a portable charger off their seat yeah. or whatever, depending yeah. on the scenario. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and I guess that's the bit that concerns me around the ability to so easily buy things online at sometimes very good prices, but not online from within our country where there are some rules and regulations around electrical things and yeah. standards that they need to meet. When you're buying it online, you mentioned AliExpress, eBay, these sorts of things, uh, you know, they're, they're not uh, necessarily going to conform to any such standards. Exactly. So, I uh, mean, if, yeah. and, 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 you know, being that uh, I'm from the EV podcast, you know, the one thing here is very similar is with a, with an EV, you've got to have a certified charger. Yes. Because people go and buy these these charge cables from AliExpress and, and, and then they melt down and they're not, dealing not, with not high a good currents. Look. Melt down your house, your you car. Melt your, down your yeah, house yeah, or your car. <laughs> your office, yeah. <laughs> not a good look. So, yeah, be careful out there, folks. Uh, now, another, um, another thing that came through was around... Um, uh, D-Link, and this is in the um, in the U- in the US uh, that they have agreed to uh, a a period of ten years that they will be sort of under surveillance from a, a security audit pers- perspective, and this has come a- as part of a, a, a case from the um, federal. Um, uh, Trade Commission over over there over poor security practices, and look, this is concerning too because they make a, you know a whole range of of network gear. They're a US company, so you know not that we your base necessarily um, you know plays in on on these things, but there are I guess companies in, in other markets that would uh, probably have a lower standard than what um, uh, you know say D-Link have and, I, and I'm you know would would expect a little bit like the Samsung case with their phone that uh, you know D-Link got a uh, you know a, a bit of a, a rap on the, the, the knuckles here uh, being sued by the FTC 
over the security of their routers and and IP uh, cameras uh, for you know, leaving leaving people ex- exposed from uh, from a security perspective. Uh, so you know you'd very much expect hey they've they've they will have learnt their lesson, but it also is that challenge of being these lower end consumer devices, and often people are very much driven by cost we certainly know our internet providers when they're shipping out a sort of a free router or a low cost router or whatever with for a new connection part of the way that they do that uh, is by buying large quantities of routers at low cost i think i remember talking to somebody from i don't know if it was d-link or one of these types of firms you know and they they you know they were telling me around how it works and they would sell you know it might be tens of thousands or you know hundred thousand devices to an internet provider at I think off the top of my head, it was sort of sub thirty New Zealand dollars wow. for you know for one of these devices. Yeah. So you know, very different to what we see at a at a retail uh, level. But to you know to to deliver them at that price too, you end up losing some probably resources on a you know security perspective and other 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 aspects. Well, right? I mean, I, I think about my, my an old. TP link router I bought many years ago and I think I had it you know it was kind of my main modem for three or four years and it had a couple of software updates and then nothing since and mm, you just go mm, okay mm. So, that, so that's kind of pretty much unsecure now you know it still works but you know it's probably not as secure as uh, newer devices yeah and, and one area that was quite popular for a while and it's not a, a, a space I've been looking at so much lately is the uh, open source firmware that would go onto a lot of these devices because of, you know they tend to be uh, you know, quite similar devices from one manufacturer to another. They're buying the same sorts of parts, and they're manufactured usually in you know, China, same chipsets and whatnot. So you had uh, DDWRT. There was uh, Tomato. Uh, what's another thing here? OpenWRT. So you know the um, router. You know, firmware could be replaced, which potentially could give you a more secure device. Or if the open source stuff wasn't being well maintained, I, I guess it could be. Uh, yeah. uh, particularly if it was a project that got abandoned, uh, you you could end up with some firmware that actually brings its own uh, its own challenges to it, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. But but possibly giving you a, in most. Uh, I mean, my guess would be in most cases if you've got. Uh, community looking at this stuff probably would be uh, um, more secure. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, to get that sort of a, a wrap on the knuckle of um, you know a decade worth of uh, security audits has got to send a big uh, message to D-Link. I don't know. I don't know how. Yeah, how it makes me feel about the 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 brand it's certainly yeah. not something that helps you uh you know your your confidence be lifted <laughs> but you you would hope that From they would on. they would maybe be getting third parties in to review their product that are reputable to up their you know, consumers confidence in their in yeah. their devices i mean they'll have to show they'll have to show improvement now i mean you know and if they aren't seen to be improving you know only time will tell but you know I guess the question is: Do non-technical consumers will they even be aware this has happened? Probably, Probably not. Probably not. So, 
yeah, t- till they're hacked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, now we, we've spoken a little bit about some of this uh, surveillance in the in the US um, border surveillance. There was uh, you know capturing of of number plate details and and uh, and so on that was uh, that was going on. And US Customs and uh, and Border Protection were working with uh, an external. Uh, contractor who was uh, who was taking care of this uh, stuff, um, perceptics uh, for them, uh, but they were compromised, and um, well, now there now there has been some consequences for uh, perceptics in terms of how they. Uh, yeah, basically, uh, you know, I guess in, in in simple terms, they didn't keep their systems secure enough, and now apparently they have been uh, they have been dumped uh, from that uh, that that contract and and are now on a US government uh, blacklist. Wow. So yeah, I think you know that seen to me sends a really good message around how you've got to make sure you secure your systems. Mm. Yes, it's true that nobody can 100% ensure everything is secure, but I I imagine in this case they've had a they've had a look and decided, hey, this this is not um, this this is not right in, in in terms of just how how secure or or insecure probably in this case yeah. that perceptics yeah. Uh, were. Yeah, I mean, I think it's you know it's 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 constantly changing, but it's it's changing at a rapid rate. So I think these these companies really need to be you know working hard towards making their devices secure because the general public aren't. You know, they have a bit of a, 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 a you know, a, I'm not sure what the right word is, but, you know, a, a job to make sure that the public's infamous is safe. Hmm. Hmm. Um, man, we, we're getting on to all sorts of security topics this week. I need to just sort of realise this week, sort of start look, yeah. look, looking at them, that they're all tied together in that way. Um, had a press release through from Checkpoint. They have been talking about some new malware on Android that's being dubbed Agent Smith that uh, replaces installed apps with malicious versions of of those same um, wow. apps with, without you know the the users knowing what's going on uh, and that's uh, it's that's kind of a, a fairly uh, scary scenario that they they say around 25 million uh, devices of which about 15 million were in India so wow. it's uh, it's a it's a little little bit of a, a shocker. Now, this is the sort of thing that uh, comes from there being on Android multiple app stores, which does provide users with some flexibility. And of course, there's some devices that aren't uh, certified for Google's Play Store. Obviously, somewhat different in the Apple world. Um, but my understanding is these ones were downloaded from uh, quite a popular uh, app store called uh, Nine Apps, 
and yeah, obviously very big in India. Um, you know, ju- judging by those numbers, but I imagine if it's, you know, I mean, we've got a big uh, Indian population in New Zealand, so you know, I don't imagine that we will have, uh, uh, you know, got off the hook on that. I'm sure there are Kiwis yeah. that have been uh, get, that have been um, hit as as well. So uh, yeah, we wow. have to continue to be uh, to be vigilant. So uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, um, there was some information through on uh, Huawei being, um, you know, things <laughs> moving moving forward. There still looks like that could be some weeks off uh, until they've got the sort of the the green the green go light uh, to to sort of be you know fully back in business. They, they, they're still under the the uh, you know previous constraints that have been yeah. been 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 announced uh, and it doesn't sound like that's going to lift entirely um, but uh, you know no no doubt we will we will see something here <laughs> in the in the weeks ahead I guess the longer it goes on for the more damage it causes Absolutely. to Huawei as a as a business and you know there is some some flow on to uh, to, to customers so I, I you know I I think uh, having Huawei um you know back back in uh, in operation certainly you know in the New Zealand market uh, it's been very good from a competition p- perspective mm. um and yeah I, I I hope this stuff will get sorted out yeah. reasonably quickly but but you know we will see and it, and it's it's still that hard challenge of how much of it is politics and how much of it is a as a genuine issue yes and Look, I'm I'm not sure how many people have got a, a a fully informed and completely accurate decision on that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, I mean, yeah, I didn't knowledge. I didn't honestly think they were going to turn it around, but it, you know, the fact that there is some kind of movement on it is a good sign. Mm, mm. Um, you know, and a lot of their devices are fantastic. Um, so it's it's a shame to see that option for consumers disappear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, Facebook is working to try and bring creators onto their platform from a, a video uh, perspective with more monetization op- options, which is, I think, it, you know, makes a lot of sense from from their perspective. Uh, you know, YouTube and and other platforms are, are you know very popular, and I mean, I've come across more and more people who are like, oh yeah, yeah, on my TV, I'm I'm basically flicking through. Uh, YouTube content yeah. that's 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 of interest to me absolutely uh, and it's like yeah it'll just keep lining stuff up that's down the track that I've searched for that I'm interested in and the things I'm subscribed to and yeah it's actually a lot more relevant to me than <laughs> you know everyday TV or even absolutely. Netflix and 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 other other things so you can see that f- Facebook you know they they they've already got a a pretty big chunk of people's time although that that seems to be tracking a little bit in the well, I was going to say wrong direction, wrong direction from a shareholder's perspective, but uh, maybe the right direction in terms of uh, you know pe- people's uh, balance by not spending so much time in the Facebook world. Well, I mean, it would be interesting to see if they roll out a similar model to YouTube in the fact that you might be able to pay, I don't think they have, paid a little bit of money to remove those ads from those videos, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, I do seem to watch a lot more video content on Facebook but the minute that ad kicks in I generally just jump off go on you know yeah, yeah. so it'll be interesting to see um, uh, what they do with that 
Yeah. Now, also on the uh, the video front, um, Warner Media have confirmed their uh, Netflix rival is going to be called HBO Max. And look, this is one of the things that, of course, Netflix have been working really hard to do is to have enough original programming and, and so on so that once the rest of the world sort of cottons onto the, the business model and decides, oh, well, we could be another Netflix, yeah. uh, that, that they hold on to, you know, they hold on to enough business. But, um, look, HBO have some great uh, great content. They do, I've they been do. watching the Chernobyl uh, miniseries. It's, uh, it's five episodes of I think about an hour about an hour um, each by the time you sort of strip off the extra um, stuff at the end, which is, it actually can be quite good, uh, uh, quite fascinating too. Um, yeah, great, great, great stuff. Um, so we are heading into that world that we, we do talk about on the, you know, we have talked about on the show where the, in some ways, the simplicity and 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 so on of when it was just, you just needed sort of Netflix as a streaming service yeah. uh, is disappearing and, you know, we'll end up in, in a world where, yeah, you have these multi-subscriptions. multi, multi subscriptions. And the, the way um, Amazon are working in the US where, you know, you sign up for um, your Amazon Prime subscription then you can add on HBO and you can add on a whole bunch of sports and, and bits and pieces. Yeah. Uh, you know, a custom th- streaming service. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah, I yeah. was looking at, um, ooh, I'm trying to remember the, the, the name of it, uh, Now TV in the UK. Mm. Now they're owned by, uh, by Sky. And Sky operate. Um, we're not talking about Sky New Zealand. It's the, the Sky UK. It's slightly different. That, yeah. that business sort of operates in UK. I think maybe Ireland, a, bu- a bunch of countries in in that Euro- European area. Um, they have a little sort of. Uh, it's actually a rebranded Roku box that mm. you can sign up to. But I got an email from them because I had previously subscribed when I went to the UK. I wanted to try out and see what their their, their offering looked like. And uh, I got an email from them in the last few days, and boy, they've got a lot of plans now. There's yeah. just—I mean, it's not—it's not like a Netflix offering yeah. at all. This is their pure streaming service, and they've been in that game a long time. I think it's about two thousand and. Uh, 12 and so they've had the, the and it was probably i mean at least four or five years ago now i'm 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 picking that i would have uh, picked up that little set top box you walk into a retailer it was 20 30 pounds and uh, and away you go yeah and, you know no sort of satellite type box or anything um but yeah i guess that sort of we may see that across across others but of course they're from that background of being a, a big pay tv Provider, so they've just stacked up all sorts of options. One of them, one of them, and I can't remember how much it was. Was um, you were basically just paying for American reality TV? <laughs> that was it. It's like okay. Oh dear. Um, I don't know what the you know what what that says about anybody. <laughs> and I look, I won't judge. But uh, there you go. Well, you know, it's fascinating because I mean, you're really seeing that movement within Netflix at the moment. Like a lot of their content, which has been around for a while, that those series have obviously come up for renewal, right? And then they've just disappeared from Netflix. Yes. And then they're yeah. appearing on other streaming platforms, and um, you know, having a having a four and a half year old, I end up watching a lot of 
children's television. Yes, yes. And and you see these children's uh, shows coming in just randomly. You'll get one season from five years ago, which will be there for a couple of months, and then it'll disappear. disappear. And you'll get another season, which is actually current. And you can, I can, you know, being in the audiobook space, I I can totally understand what's going on with those rights negotiations yes, now. Yes. Um, it's fascinating. It's it, fascinating to watch. It is, yeah. And um, not so relevant in New Zealand, but YouTube is back on the Amazon uh, Fire uh, TV. And, uh, and and then on the other side, so that's, that's the Google content on the Amazon device. And then on the other side, uh, Amazon content on the Google devices that uh, Prime Video is uh, <laughs> is launched on, uh, on on Chromecast. So that was a story out of the US. I haven't actually tried uh, tried that here, but I would presume that that's very much um, an, an international uh, situation. Now, one gadget that we did look at some time back uh, or talk about some time back, um, I've tried out varying sort of sound bars at, at one point. JBL sent some and... Um, they have some, you know, they're owned by Samsung now, JBL. Um, some very nice and very loud uh, devices, shall we, shall nice. we say, to go with your TV. And as our TVs have got bigger, you know, thin bezels, there's not so much room speakers for speakers. Terrible, so you need terrible. something to plug in. Yeah. And soundbar seems to be what is easy to sell from an electronics company's perspective and from a consumer perspective. They're pretty easy to to yeah. use and position and so on compared to a whole surround sound and, and when you're dealing with the, the, the Bluetooth options as well, so you can pair them with your phone and play music. There's some great kind of combos there that you yeah, can do really with cool. them, which I really like. Well, the one that was interesting was uh, um, Android uh, Android uh, powered soundbar from uh, from J- JBL uh, called the uh, JBL Link Bar. And um, what's I'd, Android about it? Um, I think it it actually Voice has. Um, my impression was that this was going to be uh, Android TV. Oh, okay. So so you get Android TV. You get the uh, it becomes your um, you know you can speak to it. So it's you know got your right. full Google Assistant uh, capabilities sort of sort of built in. So yeah, being being very flexible. And of course, Android TV, uh, you know that capability. If you don't have a smart TV, being able to hook one of these yeah. things in, get access to Netflix and all the streaming apps and bits and pieces, sounds uh, sounds quite good. So um, I'm not sure. Though about it arriving in New Zealand, but if it's arrived uh, in other markets, then you know hopefully that's something that we will uh, we will actually see landing uh, landing locally in New Zealand. So um, if if it if it does, um, then I would imagine that JBL slash uh, Samsung um, may well. Um, send one across so we will that's great we, we, will, we will see uh, I mean but, I, yeah. I love that idea of combining all these devices that we're becoming quite dependent on into one you know combining the three devices into one in, into one package yeah just you know because the last thing you want is multiple set top boxes and then you you know yeah it just simplicity, simplicity is uh, is so good easy. but yeah. uh, it can be it can be a bit hard to find these days <laughs> oh, also last week we had a little little bit of a um, a scoop on 
Spark Sport coming to the Apple TV, huh. and we were right, and it did 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 launch. I think a day, day or two after we recorded the the podcast, or very very soon thereafter, uh, and. I have seen some things online, a couple of people having problems, but I've tried it out and uh, for the Formula One and seem seem to be um, seem to be great. Um, I've heard good things about you know the Spark Sports Service. And it's, yeah, yeah. I think um, you know they're they're just they're ironing stuff out. It's still uh, just hilarious to me that you've just got this huge Sky branding because the, uh, you know the, the, for for the Formula One, it's all it's all coming from um, from Sky U, U, UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you you're like, okay, so we've switched from um, Sky Sport to Spark Sport. Oh, and then on the screen it says we're actually on Spark Sport, uh, Sky Sky Sport. Uh, but there you go. But I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that for the for the most consistent experience for yeah. for those who are wanting to get a family member, um, you know, geared up to be able to watch the sport or for themselves, yeah. If you're more technically inclined, you know, sure, go with Chromecast and that sort of stuff. But I think there's there's always a lot to be said for a wired connection, either to like a smart TV or something like an Apple TV. You got an Ethernet connection, you're going to have more than enough bandwidth if you've got a decent yeah. internet connection yeah. and then the apps just you know is built in simple remote and it uh, just it just works and that's certainly been my experience with the smart tv app and the apple tv app to in most regards it's mm-hmm. not something that's that seems particularly flaky that's the samsung smart tv app isn't it yeah they're yep. on samsung uh be coming very soon next few weeks i think f- to sony oh, and, and panasonic uh panasonic and I, I, I imagine it's not uh, not too uh, far behind for LG as well. So that's that's all <laughs> LG heading always in the right seems direction. to be lagging behind a little bit. There. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how these deals are done. Well, there, there, there is one aspect in terms of Samsung getting first. They they yeah. tend to cut deals, and so these things come first to Samsung. They will maybe front up more money than the others. Which look, they're <laughs> the number one TV brand in the world, and they can afford to probably. Um, you know, grease the palms of their partners a, a little bit more and go, yeah. well, if you give us an exclusive for a month or two before everyone else. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that that gives their customers an advantage, but it does some disadvantage for, for those who aren't on uh, Samsung uh, TVs, which yeah. is the category I fall into. So I was pleased to see that the, the Apple TV app was, uh, uh, w- w- was out. Um, now, one um, one more thing on the, I guess, the the Gadgety uh, front. Uh, I saw um, there's been bits and pieces of sort of commentary this year around uh, around uh, Ring, who do the Ring doorbells and cameras and and uh, bits and pieces. And there was something we got involved in testing on the show reasonably early on before they were launched. I in think I think you New were Zealand. reviewing one last time I was on one of your podcasts. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah. So just um, a little little bit of an update on uh, on those because it's, it's has been a while since we we talked about the gear, but the last thing they released in New Zealand was the uh, stick-up uh, cam, and I think there's a sort of second variation of this, and I set one up, and they are they're just really nice and easy to set up. Um, obviously, it does vary from brand to brand what uh, what works well and, and how easy they are to set up. The one issue I've had recently, though, is I've gone through a change with internet uh, provider at home, and gear and in the process um, uh, 
uh, one bit of gear failed, and so I'm I've switched on a Wi-Fi network that's got different name and so on to the others so when you do that suddenly all these devices and gadgets that are connected (laughs) to your home wi-fi all goes uh, yeah you've got to go and uh, go and 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 re uh rejig them so um so that that's that's on the go um but there there the stick up cam really quick and easy to set up and the one um cool thing that it uh that it does have and it's not just that device but their doorbell and and other bits and pieces um as you can now integrate them with um the amazon alexa because amazon's bought them and they've got varying integrations also with samsung tv so you can um you know you can bring them up on the screen um but the or with the echo the echo devices and there there is um now the echo devices available in uh in New Zealand are um they're available the video uh versions so you've got the um Amazon Echo Spot I think it's called um which gives you a little uh a little round uh screen to it so it's not just the smart speaker it's got a screen which is quite cool for all sorts of stuff if, if yeah. we've got music playing it's got the lyrics running up on the screen cool. uh, i think now with well we talked about earlier these devices being able to um, handle uh, youtube haven't tried it on the spot which has got a round screen it'll be interesting to see how youtube works on that uh, but it was certainly really easy when the wi-fi details changed because that round screen is also a touch screen so i was just able oh, to go nice. and reconnect to the other uh, wi-fi and away i went um but you can ask it to display one of the ring cameras so you huh. can actually you know if it's like it's giving you you know getting some alerts or whatever uh you can you can have that just bring that up stick it on your wall and then just walk up to you. yeah well the echo spot is sort of designed it sort of looks like a little ideal for a little bedside alarm clock and you know modern radio of sorts oh, yeah, okay. and, you know yeah. clock on it and so on i mean very very cute little device i'm, I'm not sure the sort of thing you'd you'd want to consume a whole lot of visual content on um but yeah worked quite well the only issue i had is our uh ring doorbell at the front door for whatever reason um and i've tr- I tried changing the name of it um but when i when I ask for it, Amazon Echo doesn't show it. Oh. But when I when I play, uh, when I ask for it to uh, to to show uh, the other uh, camera, the Ring Stick Up uh, Cam, the name of that obviously is is okay, and and it shows it. So I'm going to have to try and rename my Ring doorbell for a, a, a second <laughs> factory, a second time. Factory reset. Factory reset. <laughs> Give it a friendlier name or something because it uh, yeah it won't, it won't show it. But the the idea is good and. If you get your names yeah. and bits and pieces right, uh, that's that's potentially a, a handy little thing to have wow. a, have around the house. You must so. have lots of visitors to have all these cameras all trained on your door. <laughs> <laughs> I've got popular uh, man. I've been sent a, a few devices from lots of different manufacturers, <laughs> so I sort of have to have to try them out. Where it's where we get the most benefit out of it is our um, Airbnb property. Yeah, right. Because we don't live oh, there, we've got the spotlight cam. On the driveway, which is that's really the only way on the property, unless you were to sort of climb over a fence or something. Yeah. So we just we just know, okay, a guest has arrived. You know, a few bits and pieces. You 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 know things are okay. Oh, yep, they've left. Um, 
So oh, you just yeah, have to have active Wi-Fi up there. Cleaners and, arrived or we need to go over and do the cleaning ourselves yeah, or whatever right. the scenario is. You've kind of got that uh, that that view and we have the ring doorbell as as well. So it, it just gives you a That's good view. Clever. It's outside of the premises. You certainly wouldn't want to be putting anything inside. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's disclosed within your Airbnb listing, so people know there's that external. Um, you know, you've got external surveillance, and um, yeah, it's quite. Um, that's a it's great quite idea. I'm going to suggest it scenario. to my parents. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, you know, if you've got a batch with internet connection, other things like that, just gives you that 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 view. If something happens, it picks up the motion and and alerts you. Right? Uh, and I guess you don't really need a big of plan of any kind. You could just have a 4G modem and um, and a you know and a you know what are we? Uh, yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. I mean, it's uh, we're quite flexible in New Zealand now with inter- are, internet connectivity options. So, um, yeah, so that's nice. Um, I was going to dive into sort of quite a big, a big discussion, uh, and this was from from uh, a couple of couple of weeks ago. We 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 didn't get to it, but it, it's just. I don't know. Came came up on my radar, and it and it got picked up by some international uh, news media as well. And this is around Google suspending the Google Trends email alerts in New Zealand um, because of the way that they um, well, it's sort of related to them breaching uh, the the name suppression uh, order in relation to um, Grace Mullane uh, murder, right and. Yeah, it was um, you know it was an interesting interesting situation there where yeah apparently Google had been alerted and they didn't take notice and uh, to me it highlights that we have to establish better communications between uh, you know governments of varying scales be the you know nationwide governments down to councils and and things with the big tech players that exist. Uh, so that we get this stuff right, so people can do 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 things right, um, and you know some of it's, and I don't know how this happens today, but when I you know I was driving in uh, in Auckland City down uh, down Key Street this week, and there are cones out, and there's all sorts of roadworks and things going on uh, down there, and. Yeah, my navigation is coming from Google. In fact, in one of the cases, I might have been in an Uber. And so, you know, you've got these maps that, you know, ideally they would be the Googles and so on that have their maps, Google and Apple and whatnot, uh, would, and your Tesla, which I think yeah, draws, yeah. Like, draws on Google, uh, on the EV front and so on of our, our vehicles, um, you know, they would have been communicated with and get the council plans in a format yes. that is relevant and can just go straight into these mapping systems. Yes. So there, there's lots of different areas where I think we we maybe haven't quite figured out how to do those things. And certainly we move into, you know, more and more autonomous types of vehicles. I mean, it's probably going to be um, more on the semi-end than, than fully autonomous for some time. But joining up all these dots, you need really good good communication. You know, if a set of lights is out, the technology should be such that it can kind of, you know, flick yeah. that information through to relevant systems and, you know, it should all be automated, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny, like, I just, because I have an Apple device, I might, <laughs> I tend to use Apple just by default, I'll just say take me to the, and then yep. my fallback would be Google. And then if I'm really stuck in Auckland traffic, what I actually turn to is, uh, is it uh, Waze? Where's the, yep. you know, the yeah, uh, Waze, yeah. Um, yeah. Israeli the, uh, one that yeah. Google bought. 
Yeah, and you can jump in there and go, oh, actually, this, you know, the traffic's backed up here, there's an accident here, and they kind of fill in the blanks with all the information that, you know, you haven't got on Google or you haven't got on Apple. Yeah. You know, we kind of need at all to be talking, really, to make our commutes a bit, a bit easier. Mm. Um, one last thing before we finish up. Why have Parliament <laughs> stopped using the .gov dot nz as part of their domain name i haven't expired no (laughs) and they forgot to renew it no it's a it's just it's odd we have this special um you know domain top level domain um yeah we've got the new zealand one and then we've got the the sub sort of categories and you know government uh organizations have been given the dot gov dot nz to use it clarifies it makes it gives you confidence that, that this, is the, the, this is a, this is the official site, government yeah. website all of those bits and pieces parliament have dropped that and have gone to the shorter so if you go to their website now they haven't dropped the dub 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 which they could have done <laughs> um their dub 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 dot parliament dot nz and if you type in the www.parliament.gov.nz, it forwards to the shorter one just curious just curious it's it's just strange. it's it's, a, strange it's an order to me. I mean, for me, I personally like the shorter domain names. I think you know it's less to type, all that sort of thing. And you know, in yeah. the past, I, I you know I hit up ASB and and MBNZ as two banks that I I, I use. And I said, hey, you own these domain names, but when I type ASB.NZ, it wouldn't, it would just error, wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> BNZ the same, hit them both up. They both set them up so I now can type the shorter names and, yeah, they, yeah, and, yeah. They, and they come up. Um, so there, there, there is, you know, I, I, I get there being some value and I was just a little bit surprised and wondering if there's a directive behind this. If we've got a listener that has any knowledge on this, I'd be curious. I know managing the .gov.nz, um, you know, domains probably has some some extra uh, layers around it, but I wouldn't see that as a reason that you would make this change. So, um, just just curious. Someone <laughs> has some touch. information yeah, to get share. In touch government. Yeah, uh. yeah. Then um, then 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 tell us. And um, you know, we we know we have sort of listeners across all of these places. So I'm sure somebody will know whether they feel like sharing it with us. Uh, uh, we will see. But. Um, Feel free to get in touch through the the usual mechanisms of uh, Twitter, Facebook, or Paul.Spain at GorillaHQ.com. Now, Theo, where do people uh, find the Electric Vehicle Podcast? Well, conveniently, we're on your network, Paul. Um, you can uh, track us down on the evpodcast.com, and uh, we're on the Facebooks, as per normal, mm-hmm. and uh, Twitter and Instagram, we're, we're there. So, um, yep, we do a weekly show, and uh, we talk everything sustainable and EV-related, you know. It's more of a talk show than your average news show. It's yeah. kind of our thing we do, because there's lots of kind of specs specs based shows yeah uh, we like to have a bit more of a personal story to it so yeah it's, yeah, it's good fun it is it is it's always uh, always good to good to listen in and uh, and it's a treat when i get a chance to be involved as well and of course more podcasts that are local you can find at podcasts uh, dot nz or if, if you'd like the longer you can put type in podcast.co.nz <laughs> that will uh, forward there too and um and our more um internationally oriented show shows are at world podcast 
evpodcasts.com, which is where the EV podcast is, has uh, landed. We still have a lot of uh, New Zealand info since sort of, you know, we started it out as the NZ electric vehicle podcast, um, but now serving a, a broader audience. So uh, that international aspect means uh, a few more international guests too, which is, yes, is great. Yes, yes. Yeah. We've got some exciting people lined up yeah. in the coming weeks. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening in. We will catch you all again, I hope, uh, next week for the next episode. See ya. <laughs> See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.